When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you can get podcasts. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome into Stacking the Box. I am Matt Verderam alongside Josh Hill, and the NFL draft is actually over. Four months of mock drafts, more mock drafts, (laughs) another mock draft, maybe a different mock draft, and finally the actual draft, which, of course, put all the other mocks to shame. Yep. And so here we are, and, of course, we have no idea who the winners and losers are, but we're going to take a shot anyway Mm -hmm. because that's what we do, and that's why you're watching and listening, and we thank you for that very much. So first off, draft goes three days. It's over. Yep. One of the biggest winners, I thought, in the whole proceeding was the Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. Brian Gutekunst, first time GM, and he goes out and he gets Jair Alexander in the first round, corner out of Louisville. Then he goes in the second round and gets Josh Jackson, who yeah. everybody thought was a first-round corner, felt them mid-second. And on top of that, traded back at one point in the draft, and got a first-round pick from the Saints. So he got two, two of the best corners in the draft. Some people think the two best, other than Denzel Ward. Mm-hmm. And he got a first-round pick for next year. Packers, not doing bad. Yeah, I mean, it was fantastic. You have to establish yourself as a wolf right away because it's first-year GM. You're going into the situation with the Packers where Aaron Rodgers has kind of already thrown you under the bus by saying, hey, man, you got to include me a little bit more. I don't know if you're doing your job well enough. And then he, finished, he follows that up with basically walking away with three first-round picks because Jair Alexander mocked as a first-round pick. Josh Jackson mocked as a first-round pick. And then you get the 2019 pick from uh, New Orleans. I, that's, I don't think you can have a better draft than that and walking away with three first-round picks. So, And the big thing, trading back up, not having to give up a ton of assets to get Alexander, that was big. Gutekinds has established himself. Let's see how it all plays out. I don't know if necessarily it's all going to end up coming together, but right now he's established that he's the guy in Green Bay. I wrote it for fansetter.com. There's a new magic man in Green Bay. No offense, Don Mikowski, but... <laughs> a plenty of offense to Don Mikowski. man had one good year, and then he got out of the way for Favre. 
Hey, look, if you're if you're Green Bay, if you're a fan of the Packers, you've got to be thrilled. Their secondary was basically Yumi and a road cone going yeah. into this, and they are able to come out with two first round graded players. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm like, hey, we can actually play a little bit of defense now. I don't have to score forty points of a game. Maybe right. maybe twenty five, twenty seven gets it done. Um, and uh, another team I thought that did a really nice job, Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, maybe not quite the sizzle of Green Bay's draft, but yeah. just a really solid draft throughout. And for me, the, the reason they're a winner so much is Derwin James. Not a doubt. He was a top five at the worst, a top 10 talent. He fell all the way to 17. They didn't panic. They didn't trade mm-hmm. up to get him. They waited. They got Derwin James, a great safety out of FSU. And now the Chargers appear to me anyway as if they're at least a co-favorite in the AFC West, if oh, yeah. not the favorite. Oh, yeah, big time. So – it kind of reminded me of last year when O.J. Howard fell to the Buccaneers. He was mocked to go in the top 10, then he kept falling, 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 and then he finds the right spot. Derwin James, same situation. Everything that you look at about him, you, you have to love. And I don't know why teams are passing on him, and maybe that's going to come out, but you know, he's in an alpha locker room at Florida State, and he's the guy that stands out. That's tough. People underrate that. He's a, he's a film guy. He's always in there early. He's, he's watching film late. He's rallying guys around that. And then after all of these off-field locker room things, then you get to, yeah, he's a physical freak. He's insanely athletic. So the Chargers got a big-time steal. And that defense, you know, you talk about them being a favorite. I think that defense is going to be one to watch this year. Kind of like how the Jaguars came up, not out of nowhere, but if you were watching, you could kind of see it coming because I died on that hill. I saw it you coming. You did. But uh, – the, the Chargers is kind of the same thing. You got Ingram, you got Bosa, then you've got you know Jason Verrett on the cornerback, and you've got now the safety with Derwin James. So that's a defense I think is going to be really, really good this year. Yeah, and you add into that Casey Hayward, Denzel Perriman, uh, Desmond King, second year corner, and on top of that, they went out and got Justin Jones in the third round out of NC State. Yeah, my biggest qualm with that defense is Perriman has had injury issues, mm-hmm. and so when he's out, they can't really stop the run. They're very soft up the middle. Yeah. Well, now. James, not that he's a run-stopping safety. He's more of a free. He's more of a freelancing center fielder. But Jones is your prototypical three-four nose tackle. Yeah. He can take on a double team. So I like that move. Another team, warm weather team, but closer to your heart, the Tampa Bay Bucks. Oh, I, yeah. I thought they were a winner <laughs> for me. Hey, look, Vita yeah. Vea. I thought the, I thought the Buccaneers were going to go out and they were going to take either James mm-hmm. or make a Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Um, Fitzpatrick was off the board by the time they picked. They had traded back, but they ended up getting a couple deep. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. Years later, Carlton Davis out of, out of Auburn being one. But Vita Vea is interesting to me. He was the defensive Pac-12 player of the year. And on mm-hmm. top of that, he's kind of a Don Terry Poe type. He can get yeah. some sacks inside. He's 350 pounds, freakishly athletic. Mm-hmm. Um and now he's next to Gerald McCoy, and on the outside, they have Jason Pierre-Paul and Vinnie Curry and Noah Spence. The Bucks are the worst defense in the league last year, and the fewest amount of sacks. I think this draft goes a long way toward changing that. It does, and for years, you know, the secondary is still a problem, and that's not going to be fixed until we see if some of these rookies can step up. But that's been a song we've been singing for years. Underrated in that, or maybe overlooked, is the fact that Gerald McCoy has had no help on the defensive line since no. basically he was drafted. And he's an all-pro, Pro Bowl player. MVP caliber type of guy, but he's never had any help on that line. Now he's got Vita Vea. He's got two uh, ex-Eagles on that line now in Vinnie Curry and Bo Allen. You've got Jason Pierre-Paul coming off the end. You've got depth there. You also have Noah Spence that you can move from outside linebacker back up to that defensive line. So that's big time for Gerald McCoy, and that's big time in a division where you have to keep pressure on Drew Brees. 
Matt Ryan, Cam Newton. Cam Newton's the big one. That's the guy who consistently kills the Buccaneers if he ever plays. Usually they drop Derek Anderson. You guys get Derek Anderson half the time. (laughs) Well, okay, then you got to stop Derek Anderson. But I'm really happy with what they did. Also, MJ Stewart, they drafted a guy named MJ who went to North North Carolina. Carolina. So (laughs) we'll see if that plays out. I feel like that's the only reason they took MJ Stewart. But we'll see. (laughs) I hope not. Uh, (laughs) I thought one other team I wanted to get to in the winner's circle, uh, and, you know, I've been killing their drafts for a long time, and Mm -hmm. rightfully so, I think, but – the Denver Broncos, I think, at least have a class with a lot of potential. Yeah. Bradley Chubb fell to them at five, which I don't think anybody saw happening. Mm-hmm. And they were smart to pick him up. Best player in the draft, at least at that position. And, and certainly now he and Von Miller, that's interesting. Wonder what it means for Shane Ray. But yeah. still, an interesting, a very good tandem there. And then they go out and they get Cortland Sutton in the second round. I was a little yeah. surprised by that, only because they, the one offensive issue they don't have are the receivers. But mm-hmm. they don't have depth behind them. Yeah. And they're getting a little older, so I understand Sutton. They also got Deshaun Hamilton out of Penn State later on. And they got Royce Freeman, who set the Oregon rushing record yeah. for all-time yardage there at that school. So I thought the Broncos filled a lot of needs. Uh, maybe still have some left, but you're not going to fill all your needs in one draft when you're in their position. So I thought John Elway did a really good job, especially with Chubb. The most hilarious part of all that is when they drafted Cortland Sutton, all the tweets were, Case Keenum has a new weapon. And it's like, oh, this is what it's come to in Denver. Yeah. Case Keenum's getting his new weapon. Yeah. I do like the pick of Chubb because in correlation of where it's going to go with Vaughn Miller, teams are going to always have to move their offense around to – uh, compensate for Vaughn Miller. Mm-hmm. Now you've got Bradley Chubb. So if you move the one side of the field for Chubb, you've got Vaughn Miller. If you move one side of the field for Vaughn Miller, you've got Bradley Chubb. So that could be really good. The Broncos, they won that Super Bowl on defense. Peyton Manning yes. was their quarterback, and they won because of defense. Say what you will about where he was in his career, but that was one that the def- Vaughn Miller over Peyton Manning in that Super Bowl. That's key, and I think that they're trying to get back to that again. They're clearly following that model. Older quarterback, veteran guy. He's not a franchise quarterback. He's not going to be here in five years. You're winning this defensively. And Bradley Chubb, you know, thank God for those quarterbacks going where they did. If you were Elway, would you have taken Chubb or would you have taken one of the two quarterbacks on the board? I think I still would have went with Chubb just because you know your strengths are on defense. That was the biggest thing we were saying all last year. That defense is so good. Why can't they have a quarterback? Why is Trevor Simeon out there? Why is Brock Osweiler out there? Now, Case Keenum... That's a guy, he's not much better, I would say, as far as a long-term plan. But you saw him go to the NFC Championship game with the Vikings last year with this same kind of structure. He can manage the games, you put some weapons around him, let the defense smother the opponent, and then Keenum's going to stay out of his own way. So I like it. I don't know if it's going to work, but the Broncos fans, for once, can actually be a little excited entering the season. I think they've got a plan. I, I give them that. I think it's, it's interesting. And I agree with you, by the way. I would have taken Chubb, too, mm-hmm. because you have Keenum on what is a real legitimate two-year deal. Oh, yeah. Paying him eighteen million dollars per one of the one of the perks of drafting a quarterback in the first round is you have that guy in a cheap deal for years, and so yeah. you can kind of build up some luxury spots around mm-hmm. him. You can't do that if you take one guy in Denver right now because no. you're, you're paying Keenum eighteen million mm-hmm. bucks. So, on the other side of things, where there is a winner, there is always a loser. <laughs> okay, and we've identified four teams that we yeah. weren't exactly in love with their draft, uh, and we'll stay in the AFC West for the first one. Uh, the Oakland Raiders, to me. Had, had the toughest draft of any team. Oh, for sure. There was a report out yesterday, and I, I, I want to give credit. It was on Twitter. Um, oh, Chris Hansen, it was, uh, who, who tweeted out that the Raiders actually drafted using two boards. They had John Gruden's board and Reggie McKenzie's board, <laughs> and they would just try to match up who came closest, basically oh, a, a system of we'll, we'll compromise and take this guy. If that's true, and there's no reason I think it's not, that is a train wreck. It is a train wreck. That is as bad a strategy as you could ever have. And by the way, if that's the case, then just fire McKenzie. 
Yeah. There is no, there is no reason to have Reggie McKenzie if, if John Gruden has his own board. Yeah. Which, which, by the way, Reggie McKenzie and those scouts have been there, I'm sorry, for how many years now? Mm-hmm. And have been scouting these kids. You know, everybody thinks of the draft as a year-to-year process, which for, for fans and for analysts, it is to a large degree. But for these guys who are in the scouting department, they've been scouting these kids for two, three years. Oh, yeah. Gruden comes in on the white horse in January <laughs> and just says, well, here's my board. And we're going to have to compromise. And I think it led to some issues. Colt Miller in the first round, they would need a right tackle. Mm-hmm. But at the same point, he, he, probably, he might have been there in the second round. Yeah. And so they reached there. Uh, you, you look at, at P.J. Hall out of Sam Houston State. Mm-hmm. P.J. Hall, after the draft, said he was surprised he went in the second. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's never a Whoops. good sign. They took a punter <laughs> yep. at one point. I know they need one, but they wouldn't have needed one if they didn't come Marquette King. Yep. Uh, you know, there was, there was a, they took a backup swing tackle in the third round. Mm-hmm. The only thing I think they could salvage that class is I think if Maurice Turst is healthy, mm-hmm. they got a first-round pick in the fifth. Yeah. But for him to fall that far, it concerns me that every team in the league, including the Raiders, felt like, well, there's such a risk, we just can't take this kid. Yeah. Um, so I, I got to be honest, I, I gave the Raiders an F. I did not I, – I am very, very uh, uncertain about that class. Yeah, and I wrote, I wrote for it on fansided.com after the draft is over. Maurice Hurst – there's no better pick for John Gruden to have possibly mirror his tenure in Oakland, the second tenure. Maurice Hurst, all the scouts saying, you know, he's a first-round pick, first-round grade, but the heart issue. He's either going to bust out and be this terrible pick that everybody was right for passing on, or he's going to get the last laugh and be like, everybody else was stupid for letting me slide to the fifth round. That's exactly how this John Gruden tenure is going to go. Either he's going to bust out, flame out, it's going to go horribly, and they're going to fire him in a couple of years, and it's going to be so unceremonious. Or the old Chucky's going to come back, and he's going to be the one getting the last laugh. We're all going to be sitting here being like, ah, oh, he was right. Taking it back to 1998 worked. What a crazy concept. But those, the, the pick of Hurst and Gruden's tenure line up so perfectly to me. I'm just here for the fireworks. I got to say... You know, and I can be wrong. God knows I have been before. Uh, I do not think we're going to look back and say, yeah, and taking it back to 1998 worked out. I don't think so. When you have two separate draft boards, <laughs> that is not good. That is Ugh. that is almost impossible to believe, but because of the source, I do believe it. It adds up, though, because in Tampa, he ran Bruce Allen out of the building yes. when he got there. He Bruce Allen was a guy who was kind of there building that team with Tony yeah. Dungy. So it's a kind of it's the same thing. He's almost coming in like a parasite, coming in making things the way he wants to make it, tearing things down, and then it's like, oh. So when things go wrong, Reggie McKenzie is going to be the first head to roll, and that's by design. John Gruden has set up lines of defense here. So when the Raiders go 6-10 and 10 or whatever they're going to go here, it's going to be Reggie McKenzie's fault, and John Gruden's going to be fine at least for a year or so. But by that's the way, there. and just as a fun note, the Chiefs took Reggie McKenzie's son, Isaiah McKenzie, and turned him from a defensive tackle to a guard. Expert and the Yeah, and the... The picture of, of Isaiah McKenzie at his draft party is mm-hmm. just priceless. He's as happy as can be, kid. And there's all these people in Raiders gear behind him, and they are just <laughs> distraught. But, hey, you know what? Who knows? Maybe Reggie McKenzie will need a job, and maybe Kansas City will give him one there a year. Go. Another team we've got to get to, um, and this one, I guess, a little controversial, but for me, the Bills. Uh, mm. I, 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 I just – anyone who listens to the show, watches the show, knows how I feel about Josh Allen. He can't complete passes. Mm-hmm. And beyond just that, okay, look, I think, th- I think he's, he's a bust waiting to happen. But even if he's not, okay, even if he's average, they did not get any help for him at all. The, no. the only receiver they took was out of Clemson in the sixth round, Ray, Ray, Ray McClure. He might even make the team. Man's going to have a tough time making the team. Although, yeah. But, like, right now, your starting receivers are Kelvin Benjamin and Zay Jones. Yeah. You don't have a tight end. 
Eric Wood had to retire because of medical reasons this offseason. Richie Incognito's gone. Cordy Glenn's gone. Yep. You have AJ McCarron and Nathan Peterman. Mm. Like, you didn't, you didn't build anything for this kid to come into, and I think he's the most raw of any of these prospects. I'm not happy with what the Bills did. No, I think that that is the worst quarterback's room in the entire league. It could I think be. it was, I was yep. listening to The Ringer, and I forget who brought it up, but someone said, you got one game, it's a, it's a life or death situation. They win, you live. They lose, you die. You have to pick one of those Bills quarterbacks with utmost confidence. Who are you picking? McCarron? And I'm not know. confident about that. No, I am not you confident. You better start making peace with your God if that, that's the yeah. case. That is a terrible situation. And I almost feel bad for Josh Allen because he does have the tools to maybe develop in the right system. But the Bills, they're just not that. It's, it's going to be a mess. It's going to be LaShawn McCoy's going to get run into the ground next year. He might. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick dry padding is Under Armour's fastest drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. Get hurt some point in the middle of the season, and then it, they have nothing. If it, that so happens, it's over. It's, it's going to be over um, even if he's healthy. One team that's interesting, and we have him in the loser's bracket, only because of the way the trade shook out, but the Saints took Marcus Davenport yep. in the first round. And it's nothing against Marcus Davenport, although he never had 10 sacks in a year when he played mm-hmm. at the University of Texas San Antonio. Oof. But they traded up 14 spots to get him. Mm-hmm. 13 spots, excuse me. They traded up 13 spots. And they gave up a first-round pick. And to yeah. me, you only trade up that far if you're getting a quarterback or you're getting an absolute blue-chip, yeah. Hall of Fame type of prospect. I don't think anybody believes that Davenport is. Mm-mm. So the Saints, who had the best draft in the whole league last year, falls on the loser's category this year. I've been defending this pick just because I'm not rooting for the chaos as a Bucks fan, even though I am. But like you said, the Saints did have the best draft last year, and that is partially why they turned their season around so quickly and were able yeah. to go to the NFC playoffs. And to my opinion, you're one whiff tackle away from potentially going to the Super Bowl and winning. So that's something to keep in mind. The Saints have built up credit in the draft to say, hey, just let this play out. We want this to work. Because if this guy, if Marcus Davenport, helps them win a Super Bowl this year, next year, within the next three years, all three years, there's no price you can pay to get oh. that. That is worth five first-round picks. So right now it looks a little bad just because they didn't have to trade up. And judging from what we saw in the draft, as far as the trades were concerned, Buffalo moving up, Oakland moving down, and yeah. only getting a third, you maybe didn't have to give that pick up. Green Bay, who they traded to, moved up and didn't have to give up a first-round pick. So that's the part of this trade I would kill. But if it ends up that this guy helps them get to the Super Bowl, win a Super Bowl, that's no price can be paid that's too high. Well, that's fair. If they win a Super Bowl, I'd, I'd happily put them on the winner's circle. Mm-hmm. Although, it better be because he had like 15 sacks. <laughs> yeah. If Marcus Davenport's a hood ornament next year and they win the Super Bowl, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Last loser we have, then we're going to get into some stuff about the quarterbacks and how the NFL looks going into training camp here. Mm-hmm. Dallas Cowboys. Uh, you know, they need a receiver desperately because they cut Des Bryant. Yep. And then they traded Ryan Switzer to the Raiders. Not mm-hmm. that that's a huge loss, but they could have had any receiver on the board. Yeah. Anybody. And they took Leighton Van Der Esch. Nothing against Leighton Van Der Esch, but he doesn't play corner. He's not a pass rusher. Mm-hmm. He's not the receiver that they needed. They were rumored that they loved Court and Sutton mm-hmm. in the second round and then sat there and didn't get him. Uh, the Cowboys, 
Unfortunately for Dallas fans, I've, I got him on the losers list. Is it the Tavon Austin show now? Oh, my God. <laughs> They're going to play a running back, by the yeah. way, which, which honestly Great. might be a, a good move. Might Tavon work out. Austin's been awful as a receiver, so who knows? Might work out. But, yeah, it, it stunned me that they didn't go with Cortland Sutton. Peter Bukowski wrote it for the side. He said, he this is the guy. When they cut Des Bryant, he jumped on our news desk right away and was like, yep. This is the guy that they're going to take. I guarantee it. And it's not because he was wrong. I think it's just because the Cowboys didn't know what they were doing because it made sense. The math added up on that. He is a guy, you know, he went to SMU. In Which, the by area. the way, is in Dallas. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's not even like it's on their side of the state. It's in town. Yeah. So, look, it boggles me that the Cowboys didn't go with the wide receiver. I don't know. That offense didn't work so well last year. It was kind of a one-year wonder with Zeke and Dak. That first year, their rookie year was so fantastic. Maybe it was a second-year slump. They can bounce back. But I don't know. You can't do that if you don't have any receiving targets. If you're a one-dimensional offense and everybody's trying to stop Zeke Elliott, in the third year, they're eventually going to find out how to do it. Like He's running up against that Jacksonville brick wall. Holy cow. Like, come on. Defenses are different now. They're stacking the front. Yeah, and, and stacking the box. And you, you lose tight end Jason Witten, who I know yep. is like an older guy that's going to play 15 years, yep. but still a good tight end. And if you're Dak Prescott, you got to be looking around and being like, <laughs> okay, Uh-oh. it's Alan Hearns, and it's Terrence Williams, and it's Ugh. Cole Beasley. Like yes. that. Cole Beasley's great when you have Des Bryant. And you have like, yeah. When Cole Beasley's like your number one target, mm. that's unfortunate. Yeah. Speaking of quarterbacks, though, there were five taken in the first round. Yep. It's the most since 1983 when John Elway went, Dan Reno went, and some, some guy named Todd Blackledge went. My father Ooh, still – went to that team. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Kansas City. My father still Franchise. wakes up in a cold sweat <laughs> screaming, take Kelly, take Kelly. But in any event, um, so out of the five, yeah. which quarterback do you believe – and we'll kind of run through them all quickly, but which one do you believe ended up in the best situation for him? I <clears throat> uh, I think that it's a tie for me between Lamar Jackson and Josh Rosen. Ending up in Arizona for Rosen and specifically sliding and having the, quote, nine mistakes taken before me, which he amended to later. Three. It was just the quarterbacks. (laughs) He realized some defense. He realized Roquan Smith had gone before him, and he was like, I don't want that guy coming at me angry. Yeah. So, yeah, Josh uh, Josh Rosen going to Arizona and having all of those quarterbacks taken before him is – a good thing for Cardinals fans because it lights a fire under Rosen, who's a guy who's already motivated. He was already playing with a chip. You, know, you listen to his pre-draft interviews. He's like, I was always the second guy. I was never the first choice. So he already had that chip, and it only got bigger as he slid down the, down the draft board. And you're in a situation in Arizona where you're kind of rebuilding. He doesn't need to go in right away and start. He can start behind Sam Bradford for two quarters before his ACLs tear again. I mean, Mike Glennon, he's – that's not a situation where it's going to be a quarterback controversy. He can sit. He can just kind of absorb the game and fill in that, or kind of fit into that situation as it's created around him. And as that team is built around him, and in two, three years, he's going to be ready to lead them, and they're going to be ready to compete in the NFC West. Now with Lamar Jackson, similar situation. And that's because you can get out of Joe Flacco's contract, well, and that's huge. And we'll get to Jackson in a second because I, I want to hear what you have to say about that. Mm-hmm. Rosen, by the way, I agree with you. I think he's the best fit of all these guys. I yeah. think he went to a great spot. David Johnson, by far. Larry Fitzgerald, talk about being a pro. But I, I want to talk quickly about Sam Darnold mm-hmm. because I thought that Sam Darnold was going to go to the Browns. I thought he was going to be the number one oh, yeah. pick. And then you start hearing like 48 hours out, like, no, it's going to be Mayfield, who we'll also talk about, obviously. And then it's like, really? Okay. And then the Giants didn't take him. And I, I've said this, I believe, maybe even on here, but certainly elsewhere. Uh, I am from New York, in case nobody can tell from my <laughs> accent. Okay. The Giants not taking Sam Darnold 
if he ends up being a franchise quarterback with the Jets and the mm-hmm. Giants are in quarterback hell five years from now, yeah. they are never, ever going to hear the end of it. And look, as far as Donald and the Jets go, I think Donald walks into a pretty good situation. He walks yeah. into a team that nobody expects to win right away. They actually have some talent at receiver, Quincy Inunua, mm-hmm. Jermaine Curse, yeah. Robbie Anderson, if he can stop getting himself arrested. Okay, the offensive line concerns me. But the Jets are in a spot where he can grow. He can sit yeah. behind McCown or Bridgewater for the year if he has to. Um, and McCown is about the best guy you're ever going to find in terms oh, yeah. of mentoring. So I think it's a good spot for Darnold. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's not – whereas if you went to the Giants, the Giants I think it would be this mentality of, hey, like the second you get on the field, you got some talent around you, we expect you to win. Mm-hmm. The Jets, I don't see that. So I think Darnold lands well. But you were going to mention Lamar Jackson, and, and we can get to him right now. I agree with you. I wrote a piece about it I, on, on Fanside. I think Jackson is going to be tremendous, but I want your thoughts here. Yeah, look, talk about a guy who's playing with the chip on his shoulder. Yeah. Everybody's talking about Rose. And Lamar Jackson, when he was in college, when he was winning the Heisman Trophy, people are like, nah, he's not a quarterback. As he's winning the Heisman <laughs> Trophy as a quarterback, and you've said it before and, and the stats show it, he got better year over year at Louisville. Yep. So that's something to look at. If you're a Ravens fan, you're like, I don't know about this guy. Joe Flacco's contract is something you can get out from under now. And that was a big, but we talked about that a ton on this podcast during the season, how that they're still paying the tax for that Super Bowl that they won with him. Now, Jackson's not going to start right away, probably not going to start in a year, but you can get, you have light at the end of that tunnel in a way that you didn't before. And now with RG3 there as well, you have both Flacco to show him the game, Super Bowl winning quarterback, and you also have RG3, a guy who was kind of in the same vein as Lamar Jackson when he was coming in and destroyed his body, didn't play the game yeah. right according to people, whatever you want to say it. But that's somebody that now Jackson can lean on and say, what did you do? I don't want to do that. In not so many words, but like that's kind of why he's yeah. there. And now the Ravens signing Robert Griffin III makes a ton more sense because they had this in the chamber for a while. And RG3 can just show a picture of Mike Shanahan. So don't <laughs> yeah. do this. Don't play uh, for this guy. Oh my God. If, if ever Mike Shanahan, like that, he ruined <laughs> that kid's career. Uh, I don't care what anybody Shanahan. says. I was. I remember not not to go off on it, but like I remember watching that game against the Seahawks, that wild card game in Washington, yep. and thinking, "My God, he, he blew his knee," and they just kept playing him. Mm-hmm. And I, I will forever believe they ruined his career that day. That said, Lamar Jackson. I'll quickly follow up on that. You mentioned got better every year at Louisville. Yep. I am always a very hard and fast guy when it comes to look. If he is under sixty percent on his completion rate in college, don't take him. Jackson was a 57 even. Mm-hmm. But Jackson got better every year there with his yeah. completion rate. And everybody says, he's, well, he's a really, you know, he's more of an athlete. He's a runner. Since when is that a bad this thing? so stupid. Like, if he can throw the ball and he can run, that's great. Yeah. Has anyone seen Cam Newton? Has anybody seen Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson almost ran for 1,000 yards a few years ago. Now, granted, yeah. that's because he's running for his life every time he drops mm-hmm. back in Seattle. <laughs> okay. I think Jackson goes to a great situation. He can sit for a year, and he will sit for a year. Mm-hmm. And and you have Coach Harbaugh there, who's a very good head coach. Yeah, Marty Morningweg, a very good offensive coordinator. I think Jackson will fit in very well. Staying in that division, Baker Mayfield goes to the Browns. <laughs> that is either going to be the thing that turns them around, mm-hmm. that he and you know he's got all this moxie and bravado and swagger. Or it's going to be a thing where everybody's fired again in two years because he has all this moxie and bravado, <laughs> yeah. bravado and swagger and he just can't help himself. And somebody on the Steelers decides, I'm sick of your bravado and moxie and mm-hmm. swagger and I'm going to put you into the third row. Yeah. Um, I, I'll be very blunt. I don't know how I feel about this pick. There's a part of me that says to get out of a situation like Cleveland's in, mm-hmm. you have to sometimes go for the gold. Yeah. The other part of me says Sam Darnold's got the highest floor <laughs> in this class. 
He wasn't going to bust. Now, maybe Darnold doesn't turn into an all-pro, but he's probably at least going to be a good quarterback. Yeah. Mayfield could be unbelievable. Yeah. He could also be awful. Boomer and I don't know if you're the Browns if you want to run that risk, but they did, and so now they will live with their decision. Yeah, I mean, this is the ultimate we're going to have to wait and see how it plays out situation. Yep. And what concerns me is Hugh Jackson being in place and the way that he treated Deshaun Kaiser last year. Now, Jackson's a great offensive coach. We've seen him, and you know he went to Cincinnati and he helped out there. Didn't really work out so much in Oakland when he tried to make things work. But the way he treated Deshaun Kaiser last year by throwing him into the fire, baptism by fire, you got to figure out your own mistakes, learn on the fly. I don't know. Didn't work out so well with Kaiser. Now, by all intents and purposes, Mayfield's a better prospect than Kaiser was. But putting him in that same situation, like, and I don't think nothing indicated that Hugh Jackson's going to change his approach because he didn't change it in the middle of the season when everybody was screaming at him, this is deeply stupid, stop playing him this much, and then stop pulling him out of games and putting him back in in the fourth quarter. If he tries to do that with Baker, they're going to get into it because he's not going to well, sit there and take it. Here's my, you know, I'm going to steal your segment. Here's my dying on this whole prediction for this year, okay? <laughs> this is coming before we even hit May. Hugh Jackson is not seeing Halloween as the Browns head coach. John Dorsey came in there and was told you have to keep him. Well, mm -hmm. you know what? He, that was not a forever proposition. <laughs> and when they start one and five next year and, and Hugh Jackson is playing different quarterbacks every, every quarter, mm -hmm. John Dorsey's going to be seen up for this. And Todd Haley's going to be the head coach of that team. You like Ooh. that. There's my dying on prediction. The dink and dunk Browns. Yeah. Well, that might work with, you Mayfield, know what? Though. I will say this, man. Everybody knows I'm a Chiefs fan. I watch, Todd Haley got a raw deal with that team. I don't care what anybody That's says. True. He showed up, won a division. Would anyone like to look at the roster of that team? That mm -hmm. team was horrific, and he won the division with Matt Castle. Okay, Got to a playoff game, and the next year they were a blocked field goal away from making the playoffs, and Jamal Charles and Eric Berry were out that whole year. <laughs> that team was, I'm not kidding. By the way, anybody who's like, well, it wasn't that bad of a team. Yeah, The next year they went 2-14 and 14 with Romeo Cornell. Todd Haley deserves another job. Yeah. And I have a feeling John Dorsey's going to say, you know what? We'll give you another job. Here's your quarterback. Yeah. He worked wonders in Arizona when he had Kurt Warner. He worked wonders mm -hmm. when he had Matt Castle. Matt yep. Castle was a pro bowler with Todd Haley. That is going to happen. But to get to our last guy who neither one of us thinks is going to be a pro bowler, Josh Allen. Oh, boy. Uh, listen, I, we're not going to pile on. We already talked a little bit about this. Oh. We'll just touch on it. But my problem so much, look, I'm worried about Allen's completion rate. There's no question mm -hmm. about that. But my, my biggest concern isn't, to be fair to Josh Allen, it's not even him. It's the situation. Yeah. Defensive-minded head coach, okay? The offense around him outside of LaShawn McCoy is, is abominable. Horrible. There is nobody. Mm -hmm. And as you mentioned, McCoy ever gets hurt. They will not score a point. Mm -mm. There's nobody there. So I just worry, like all these other quarterbacks we've mentioned, all of them can conceivably sit for a year, mm. at least half a year, whatever. How are you going to sit this kid? You can't. So I, I just... I think I think Allen like that is a situation where if Allen ended up in a great spot, I said, well, maybe mm -hmm. couldn't have gone to a worse situation in my opinion. It's going to be tough because I I think of all the quarterbacks that were drafted, Josh Allen starting week one. I don't think he's going to beat out AJ McCarron in in training camp, and I think Nathan Peterman is going to get cut, and you're going to have Josh Allen playing for that team week one, and it is going to be a disaster for Buffalo, which is unfortunate because they just made it back to the playoffs yeah. for the first time since 1999. Yeah. They were starting to look up. On the flip side of that, we were saying these same gloom and doom things about them last year, and Fair. they put it all together. So w I'm not confident that it's going to come together the way it did because there were already pieces in place. You already had Tyrod Taylor who knew, knew, knew how to run an offense. He'd been there for a while. Um, he had Josh, that offensive line. 
had an offensive line. You know, just, and more importantly, and I think this is going to be a topic that we circle back to throughout the year. You talk about the offensive line. The reason Tyrod Taylor was able to be so efficient on offense is because he moved. He did not get sacked, and he did Very not true. make mistakes. Josh Allen is going to be put in situations without that offensive line where he's going to have to scramble around, not a mobile passer. He's going to have to force the ball, and he's inaccurate. So when you have an inaccurate passer forcing plays, panicking yep. in the pocket, that's going to lead to interceptions. And I'll leave it on this, but the other problem is teams have no fear of their weapons down the field. So they are oh, going to no. blitz him all Big time. night. Something you probably do know. Progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto, they offer you round-the-clock protection. Something you probably don't know? The average garage door is made up of 1.3 millimeter aluminum panels. Something you probably do know? Your neighbor likes to tinker with his dirt bike. Something you probably don't know? A runaway dirt bike can take out your garage door and a good portion of your car bumper. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Teams are going to say, we'll just play man coverage. Yep. You can't beat us man-to-man. We'll keep one safety over the top of Benjamin, mm-hmm. and we are just going to blitz the house. And you you can't blah. It's just, no. Nope. Man, that is... That that is just a recipe for getting. And of course, now we said the hill throw for five thousand yards, but that's just a recipe for disaster. Now, on the flip side, last segment here of the day. Yep. NFL power rankings heading into training camp, and mm-hmm. yeah, they're they're pointless because nobody had the Eagles in the top ten last year. The team goes on and wins the Super Bowl. Yeah. But right now, looking at the power rankings that we've kind of come up with going into the year, one thing strikes me: top five teams, which are the ones we'll hit on, they're all from the NFC. Yep. No Pats, no Steelers, no Chiefs, no Chargers, no Texans, no Colts or Titans. I don't know why I mentioned the Colts. Why would they be in there? I guess Andrew Locke maybe. Um, The Vikings, to me, going into the year, are the best team on paper. For sure. Added Kirk Cousins. Added Sheldon Richardson. Added Mike Hughes, who's kind of a boomer bust guy, but they bring him in. I look at Minnesota, and I don't know that there's a weakness on that team. No. Do you see them as the best team? I see them. I do see them as the best team, which probably means Kirk Cousins is either going to get hurt or regress. Yeah, they'll go in there. at some point in the season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they're going to struggle to win the division. Um, I, I did think it was interesting that they added Mike Hughes, mm. getting another anti-aircraft gun into the no-fly zone. Like that is that was a big-time move. Mike Zimmer is going to draft cornerbacks until the day he dies, and it you, they're going to smother teams. You talk about the Eagles won the, def, uh, won the Super Bowl last year with defense. Mm-hmm. That is why. Nick Foles was their quarterback. No offense to Nick Foles. He fit in in the perfect situation. But like we said, nobody had the Eagles in the top 10 power rankings last year. Even fewer people had Nick Foles being the Super Bowl MVP when it was yeah. all said and done. I think that's a net zero people that had that. So to me, the Vikings, on paper, I would say that they're the best team. It's just there's a litany of things that could go wrong here. So, oh, and there always are. And, and it's Minnesota you know, sports, so which means that, that there's even more. Says the resident the, Minnesota. Yeah, the I, universe is going to turn. Look, I, I mean, I, I hear you because, you know, look, we consider all day long look at these things, but let's be real. Like, we don't know. Yeah. You know, what happens if somebody blows an out in camp? Mm-hmm. You know, everything changes. That's why with football more than any other sport, injuries are just such a big factor. They just are. Um, but the number two team on our list, the Eagles. Yep. And they deserve to be up top. Look, you know, this team's coming off Super Bowl run. Mm-hmm. Everybody thought they were going to kind of get stripped down a little bit in free agency, but they were able to – Howie Rosen did a great job. They were oh, able yeah. to keep everybody. They add Haloti Nada. They add pieces on the defensive <laughs> yeah. line in the draft. They added they added uh, Josh Bennett. Sweat, Michael Bennett. I mean, they, they almost <laughs> legitimately could feel two defensive lines that are really good. Yep. So they're going to be fresh. They're going to rotate. Uh, you know, they go oh, yeah. out. 
They traded for Daryl Worley, which I loved until Daryl Worley decided to get himself kicked off the team. Now he plays in Oakland, of course. Now, and, now, yeah, <laughs> and now, of course, it won't matter because he's like, you know, he's going to be number one corner there. He's <laughs> not the fit. I thought he might be a good number two or three in Philly. Um, but the Eagles, the only, really the question around the Eagles is the quarterbacks. And it's yep. not because they don't have one. They have two. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure Wentz will eventually play when he's healthy. But yeah. when is that? But I think right now the Eagles, I have them at number two. Yeah, they're somehow got better in the offseason. Yep. And that does not happen with Super Bowl winning teams unless they're the Patriots. So, I mean, say, take that for what you will if you're an Eagles fan. Carson Wentz is going to be good next year. He was really good before he got hurt, and everybody forgets that because the Nick Foles story was so awesome. He was the MVP was. of the league, or at least one of them. Yeah, he was the MVP of the league, and now he is playing with that chip on his shoulder, going in and being like, we won the Super Bowl. It wasn't with me. You want to talk about an unfulfilled dream. Like, he was the MVP. He, that was his Super Bowl championship. That was his Super Bowl MVP. Yep. That was the year he was supposed to come out. Now he just gets to do it again. He got halfway there. Now he's got to go back. Nick Foles is Jeff Hostetler without a sweet stash. Okay? (laughs) It was a sweet stash. What people forget is the following year, okay, the Giants were still a Super Bowl caliber team. They lost Parcells in the offseason. But Mm -hmm. that year, Hostetler kept his job over Sims. Mm -hmm. And they ended up eventually going back to Sims. The team regressed. They traded Hostetler to the Raiders. And he he had a good career. Yeah. Um, so we'll see if Foles kind of follows that line. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three team on, on my list, on our list, is the Saints. Oh, for sure. Rams fans, I'm sure, will quibble about this. Maybe they even feel like they should be number one, although calm down. Uh, I think the Saints, for right now, number three, look, we know that the offense is there. They have a ton of weapons. Yeah. Defensively, though, they continue to get better. Mm-hmm. Even though I don't agree with trading up as far as they did, Marcus Davenport's another piece. Cameron Jordan's still on that line, of course. That secondary was so good, and they're so young mm-hmm. with Lattimore and Crawley. And, and, of course, on top of that, unfortunately, Marcus Williams, everybody remembers He's that good. play, but he was good. He's very good. Like People remember the Stephon Diggs thing and think, oh, he was terrible play. He, was, he can play. Yeah. He had a horrible moment, but he had a really good rookie year. So I think the Saints, again, Anzalone back, the linebacker mm-hmm. who they took, I believe, in the second round last year. I think the Saints are an absolute contender to win it all. And, and I think for me, they slot in third, but really like right behind Minnesota and Philly. Yeah, I mean, the reason that they're above the Rams, in my opinion, is that they were better than the Rams last year, and they're essentially the same team. The Rams got more talented on paper, but we haven't seen it all work together. Remember Correct. the Eagles' dream team? That didn't work out so Seven well. Seven and nine. So, yeah, eight, we, and eight maybe. Either way, not in the playoffs. Yeah, we haven't seen that Rams team gel together yet. So I don't know what it looks like. And right now, the Saints on paper and in on tape are the better team. I think if they would have met up in the playoffs, the Saints win. So I'm, I have a hard time picking against the Saints just because they were the, our favorite last year when we were talking about the playoffs. Yeah, we both they should have gone to the Super Bowl. And everything is still in place for that to work. I like Marcus Davenport. He's going to make that defense even better. As a Bucks fan in the NFC South, I really, really hate the idea of, of the Saints being as good as they were last year. But here they are. They are. And you know what? They lost Kenny Vaccaro, but they added Kirk Coleman. Yep. So they, they get experience. Coleman's underrated. Very good player. Very underrated. Um, and you know what? Now we can talk about the Rams because we slide the Rams in fourth. Here's the thing with the Rams. Everybody looks at them. And, and, and we do as well. Like Marcus Peters, incredible again. And, and yeah. Akeem Tlaib and, and Dominic and Sue and Brandon Cooks. Like it, it was an all-star cast they brought in. Mm-hmm. The question, though, is how does it all fit together? Because that is, look, yeah. especially Sue, Peters, and, and Tlaib, like, that's a lot of personality. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of guys who you're trying to fit in. Now, look, they got Wade Phillips, who I think is the best D coordinator in the game. Yeah. And I think the Rams are going to be great. That's why I have them fourth. But that is 
like I could see them going 14 and two and I could see them going seven and nine. Yeah. Like when you bring in that amount of talent, it's a lot of talent, but it's a lot of egos and it's a whole lot of questions and who's, who's the number one guy. Plus look, they did lose Sammy Watkins and they did lose Tremaine Johnson. Yeah. So, you know, they, they trade out Alec Ogletree. Like not, do I think they're better? Yeah, they're better on paper for sure, mm-hmm. but they did lose some guys too. So, that's why they're four and not one, two, or three. Just a lot of moving parts. Yeah, they're definitely talented. There's no doubting that. But how many times have we seen teams that were really good a year before regress? That's why I'm nervous about the Jaguars because they were so good last year. Yeah. Everybody's expecting them to be just as good. They lose one of their cornerbacks, which was a big part of that secondary. I don't know how that's going to look. So the Rams, it's the same thing. I think that on paper they're very talented, and it's impossible to ignore that. But I don't know what it looks like on the field. And that division is very, very good. So that's going to be a very hard place to win when you've got San Francisco there. When you have Seattle, which is an animal backed in the corner, it's always a wild card. You never know what you're going to get. Arizona, who knows? So I think that with the Rams, fourth best team easily right now in football. I can't give them any more than that. And you know what? The, the last thing, the last word on the Rams, they're one of those types of teams. That like I think Goff had a very good year last year. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you look at him on film and you're like, well, there were some times where he wasn't that accurate, where he missed throws, and McVay's system is just so great. Like, now everybody has tape on McVay's system for a year. Yep. How does that pan out across another 16 games? Like, the NFL is a league where they, they catch on. You have to constantly evolve. I think McVay's a great coach. Don't get me wrong. But teams now have film on that. They had a whole offseason. I remember when the, when, the, when the read option came to the NFL. Yeah. Kaepernick and RG3 and, mm-hmm. and, and, and even to go further back the Wildcat I remember when the Dolphins did it in Cat Foxborough <laughs> and, and, and like Ronnie Brown and, yeah. and they, they killed Belichick and the Pats they had no idea yeah. to handle it well a year later nobody was running it anymore because teams figured out like okay you know what we're going to do we're going to slot an extra safety down mm-hmm. there and just crush the guy who was the ball I, I'm just curious to see how that plays out but we'll move on number five and I wouldn't have put them this high until the draft but the Packers they yeah. get Alexander. They get Jackson. We know Rodgers is coming back. Mm-hmm. Of course, he's got to stay healthy. But I love what they did this offseason. Graham, I think, is a little bit of an aging player, but he's perfect for them. Yeah. And excuse me. And so I look at them, and they have Cobb. They have Adams. They did get rid of Nelson. They drafted a bunch of receivers in this yeah. draft who are, who are really good values. I think the Packers, provided that they just can stay healthy, yeah. I think are a very good team. And, of course, two of these teams now are in the NFC North. So you're going to have them battling it out with Minnesota. I wouldn't be surprised if either won the division. Yep. You know, if you're Minnesota, you're like, we're better on paper. No problem. But if you're the Packers, you're like, we've got Rodgers. <laughs> and, if, and if he gets into a game here where he's in a rhythm, we can beat anybody. Yeah. So they're my number five. I, I can agree with that. I would maybe have slotted Houston up here just because they are. Ooh, if we're talking about okay. Aaron Rodgers coming back, the Packers got better with the draft. They also got the best non-free agent, which was Aaron Rodgers, who was hurt. Yep. Didn't play. Coming back. Well, I mean, he played that one game. But sure, he, didn't, but he's, he didn't really he, play. Right. You know, right, against right, Carolina. Right. Um, Houston's kind of the same way because they're getting J.J. Watt back. They're getting uh, Whitney Merciless is coming back. Honey Badger's coming in. Honey Badger's coming in. And then Deshaun Watson, which is yep. why nobody was talking about the Texans not having any picks in the first two rounds because they gave it up to go get Watson and to get rid of Brock Osweiler. But that's why. Deshaun Watson is so good. That team is so talented on paper. Well, That's the ultimate. We'll see how it plays out because Bill O'Brien's running that shit. Yeah, that, so. that, by the way, I, I, like, we've been talking, and uh, we, can, we can go here, but um, 
those are our top five teams, the Packers sliding in fifth. In the AFC, like, <laughs> the, you know, every year people are like, oh, New England, this is the year, this is the year. And I've always said, no, it's not. Like, they have Brady Belichick. I got to tell you, if Gronkowski or Edelman gets hurt this mm-hmm. year, like, I don't care how great Brady is, good night. Bad. I mean, they, Pittsburgh's got a million issues going on. I think Houston could go to the Super Bowl if things play out right. But yeah. as you just mentioned, Bill O'Brien is, is <laughs> like, we both feel like Bill O'Brien, not always the best game manager. I don't know if J.J. Watt's healthy. Yeah. And if he is, like, what is he at this point? He's had so many injuries, yeah. right? You know, I think they're a team that could use Des Bryant, quite yeah. honestly. Oh, yeah. You know, as a number two, because Hopkins is amazing. But beyond that, I don't know. Will Fuller. Might make Will Fuller a little more effective. And Will Fuller, to me, is he's like a Mike Wallace. Yeah. The one-trick pony deep down the field. And the rest of the AFC, the Chargers, like, talented, but they underachieve every year. Mm-hmm. The, the Chiefs, not – listen, I, I just feel like the Chiefs are the ultimate wild card because <laughs> I could see them being a team that can score a ton and can't stop anybody and going 8-8. Eight and eight. Yeah. I could see them being a team where Mahomes comes in and they're, they're, they're incredible offensively and they win 12 games. I, I don't yeah. – I don't know. So the AFC is wide open, but the NFC, our top five in the power rankings, Stacked. Vikings, Eagles, Saints, Rams, Packers, a lot of good teams in the NFC, a whole lot. Of, and that doesn't include Atlanta, Carolina, Dallas, perhaps. Yep. Uh, you know, your Bucks are resurgent. Detroit, who had a winning year mm-hmm. last year. The Niners, who look really the good. The Niners, yeah. The NFC is just unbelievable. <laughs> so with that being said, we're so glad that you joined us. Of course, if you're watching this, This goes up on iTunes every week, so please go ahead and subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a comment. Leave us a rating. Fire off an email to Hill or I. We're always happy to get back to you. And please check out my column that is also named Stack in the Box on Fanside. It goes up 6 a.m. every single Monday. This week had a ton of draft reactions, some thoughts on Des Bryant, uh, all that and and, and much more. Uh, And so lastly, we would just like to say a quick thanks to Fanatics, who's been a great partner with us all throughout the draft season. Yep. Um, if you haven't, please you know, go to fanside.fanatics.com. We, they are, are, unfortunately, the 20% thing has now come to an end because it's the end of the draft season, but still go there. They're, they're fantastic. Well, you can use the 15% code. You still can. Yes. So thank you. Good call. So you can still do that. Uh, they're a great partner. So please check them out. Yep. Uh, and so that is it for this week's edition of Stack in the Box. For Josh Hill, I am Matt Verderam, and thank you for tuning in. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.